Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Recording this a little early uh, on uh, Wednesday, so I got no clue. And honestly, don't really even care. I'm going to watch because it's Turkey Day and you got to watch. But the best game of the of the day got delayed till till Sunday. The one game we all wanted to watch, Raven-Steelers, ain't even happening. Like, I just, Cowboys-Redskins, I guess they're not the Redskins, the Washington football team, Lions-Texans, like, again, I'll gamble on it, maybe. But it's just, that's pretty bad. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but luckily we got a really good weekend of games. We got a big story that just kind of broke Nick Saban. This happened to him before, but now Sark's going to coach the Iron Bowl. Uh, some sneaky pressure on Sark. I'll just, I'm just going to fly through a bunch of stuff. And like I said, Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. I'm going to answer a bunch of questions on this pod. And that's kind of what we'll do on a little turkey day. Keep, keep a shorter pod and just, uh, kind of do a little entertaining. One thing, also, if you guys subscribe to the podcast, Three and Out Podcast, Apple, iTunes, wherever, leave a review. Uh, one thing that had hit me, and someone de- texted me, a buddy texted me this the other day. He's like, you should look up random NBA players and say their salary relative to, like, J.J. Watt or Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald. And listen, I like... With the last recession, I mean, we're currently kind of in one, forced one because of Corona, but like a true one that happened when you didn't actually have to just force businesses to shut down in 08 and 09. I've said it before on the podcast, I was broke, out of college. I didn't even quite understand what was going on, but I did feel it around me. I worked in college athletics. I saw a bunch of people get furloughed. I saw people lose their houses. I saw people walk away from their houses, foreclosures. I was in Fresno at the time, which is an area in California 
that directly was impacted by the housing crisis. So, like, I, I did see the bubble burst. Now, I didn't see it coming. I, I had no clue what the real estate market, I, I wasn't in the, I was out of the loop as a 22-year-old guy. But one bubble I think that is coming, before we dive into the game, I've been thinking a lot about this, is the NBA. Now, I like basketball still. The NBA does wear me out and it gets exhausting, and I've probably never watched less, but I still enjoy it. Like, I watch the Warriors. Uh, I, I watch random games on television. My peers, I say it all the time, like my friend group, people in their 30s and their 40s don't. But when the Michael Jordan documentary came on, everyone rushed to watch that. And the ratings were like 6, 7 million people were watching it. Yet the NBA Finals, they could barely get like 5 or 6 million people to watch, and that was the Lakers in the in the bubble, right? So it's just, I, I do think it's a bubble. And I say it all the time, the reason these leagues make a lot of money and have the amount of money to pay the players is not because of the players. It's not because of the owners. It's because of the fans. The more fans you have, the more money these companies pay for the media rights, and that pays for everything. Without fans, they are the consumer, right? Without the consumer, you don't have a business. And you can still play football, you just wouldn't make any money. Like, the fans are making this all go. And in the NFL, the reason these salaries are skyrocketing, right? These quarterbacks are making $35 million, pass rushers are making 20 receivers are making 20 We've never had more people watch football. And I say it all the time, it's just perfectly set up for our culture. It's once a week, urgency every week, no tanking. Even the shitty teams, I guess the Jets aren't really watchable. But like the Jags pushed the Packers a couple weeks ago. You never turn on a Bucks game and go, oh, Tom Brady just taking the night off, or I'm turning on Seattle. Oh, you know, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf not playing tonight. What's the reason, Jim? I don't know. Rest. They're tired. That doesn't happen. We gamble on it and play fantasy. It's set up for our culture. It's actually, I think, only going to get stronger because gambling is going to become such a big deal. I've been gambling for a decade plus. Gambling on the NBA sucks. Gambling on baseball is impossible. To me, there are only two sports I gamble on. Football and golf. Now, I gamble on March Madness, but it's not because I feel great about any of the games. I just like to gamble on the entertainment. But you couldn't pay me to gamble on the NBA. You could definitely couldn't pay me to gamble on baseball. And football has that going for them. Plus, it's just it's a national sport. But when I see some of the money getting thrown around from the NBA, it's like, guys, you're rating. Like people, less and less people are watching. You, to me, they're the ultimate bubble. Now, I'm not one to say like basketball is going to be irrelevant. It still has a market, and there are still people watching. But less people watch today than watched 15 years ago. Yet the salaries are flying up. Yet in the NFL, way more people watch today than did 15 years ago. That's good. In business, you're either growing or you're dying. And when I see the Pistons sign Jeremy Grant to $20 million a year, I I just know the sport's in some trouble. When when I see, and I grew up a Kings fan in Sacramento, them give De'Aaron Fox, who I liked a lot out of Kentucky, but watch him in the NBA, might be a little overrated, $160 $160 million, all guaranteed, I think we got a problem. I've been saying it for a long time. The best partnership in the history of the world is being an NBA player. Not being an NBA owner, being an NBA player. Because every single penny you sign for, you have zero liability. You get hurt, doesn't matter, guaranteed. Something an, Another player in your team gets hurt, obviously irrelevant. Someone dies in the stadium that night, not your problem. In the NFL... Most of the money's not guaranteed. It's actually not that great of a partnership. Now, if you stay healthy, you can make some cash if you're a good player. But at any moment you get injured, they're going to cut you. And it also is what's so great about the sport. It keeps us kind of on the edge of our seat. You never know. Every year, the roster turns over pretty dramatically. So I, I think when you see some of these salaries of the NBA, my, my, I, I throw up a red flag. 
I go, it's just, the sport is just not healthy right now. The interest level is just not there like it used to be. Twitter does not count. You have to watch the games. That is where these leagues make their money, the big money. It's the reason in the NFL, I saw it for years when I did the Raiders post game. You know, the team was terrible. They were making no money. It didn't matter. Mark Davis could sign whoever he wanted to sign because every year he got a huge media check. They, they were not making money, but every year he got the same amount of money the Cowboys got or the Patriots got from the media rights deal. And that number only goes up. It's why when everyone I, on my timeline today freaked out, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, about the Steelers game being pushed back, and they're like, that's not fair. The Niners game didn't get pushed back. Guys, this year's not about fairness. It's about making money. Now, every year's about making money, but this year specifically was just about keeping the boat floating so it did not go under and sink like the Titanic. Because, listen, I've never run a billion-dollar business, but I know this. It's much easier to keep your head above water if you're running a $500,000 business and you got to go through six months of rough time than if you run a billion-dollar business and money stops coming in. Why? Typically, your expenses are higher. So the reason the NFL pushed back the Steelers and the Ravens game for whatever corona outbreak it's because and they didn't do it for the Niners game the Niners game was being played by itself there was not other inventory that game we've seen how big these Thursday night packages are right they're worth 800 900 100 billion dollars every game's worth 80 90 100 million dollars well they got two other games going this turkey day or you guys watched it yesterday that you it's it was easier to push this back it makes sense the, the the whole point of this year was to get games on television and to make money. That's why that game got pushed back, which sucks for us. I mean, I wanted to watch it. I uh, didn't want to watch the other two games. And crazy, a Cowboy win. No, I, mean, I don't know. But, you, I mean, it's just, this isn't that complicated. Uh, it's all about money. It's the only thing that matters with all this stuff. They're not running a charity. They're running a major business in a weird time when dudes are getting sick. I mean, they, actually, technically, they're not getting sick. All these players, every single one of them, they got Corona have come back. Hell, the I mean, it's just like the evidence is in. When the NFL players have got corona, they've come back pretty seamlessly. But when they test positive, like they have to quarantine them, they have to keep them away. Like that's just what they have to do. Now, when the Niners, the reason the Niners, did they get screwed a little? For sure. But it is what it is. Like other teams have gotten screwed too. It's just part of the deal this year. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's look up. There's some pretty good games this weekend. The Colts' indie game's huge. Obviously, Indy beat them a couple weeks ago. Really didn't just beat them. I mean, took it to them. Uh, took advantage of their special teams. Won by double digits. Uh, they're both 7-3. and three. If Indy wins this game, they would almost be in the driver's seat to win this division. Titans coming off a huge win against the Ravens. Titans are just good. I, th- I think both these two teams are pretty good. Uh, I just don't trust either quarterback. You know, Phillip Rivers doesn't often have two back-to-back good games. Uh, Ryan Tannehill can be good one week and not good the other week. I, I-, I do think it's going to be a little harder for Derrick Henry to run on the Colts. Why? The Colts have one of the better defenses in the league, especially their front seven. It's really good. I- I- I'll be shell-shocked if he runs for 100 yards. And it's pretty clear their formula to win games with the Titans. And it's a good formula. Run Derrick Henry. Well, I don't know if he can run against the Colts. So can Ryan Tannehill beat you? The, the Titans defense is a little questionable. I, I kind of like the I kind of like the Colts in this game. But I also kind of like the Titans plus three and a half. We'll get that for a minute and three for the money. Uh, Taysom Hill at Denver is pretty interesting. <clears throat> Vic Fangio just embarrassed Tua. Put him to the bench. He was so bad they benched him. Well, Taysom Hill, who physically is more gifted than Tua, it's not an easy place to go. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be cold, on the road, no fans, but still, the elements. We saw Tua, I mean, he crumbled like a cookie. Now, I, I think a little high, more highly of Taysom Hill and definitely Sean Payton than I do of Chan Gailey and Tua, but I, I think that's a pretty tough game for them. Uh, the Raiders against the Falcons, you know, this is a game, if you're the Raiders and you want to make a wild card, and after the Chiefs game, we're all talking about them like wild card, you know, the Chief, the Raiders like a wild card team. You got to beat the Falcons. You have to beat the Falcons. Now, John Gruden said he thought the Falcons were the best 3-7 and seven team he's ever seen. Uh, I mean, it's funny, but he, I think he has to say shit like that because he cannot afford a loss. 
because whoever wins, even if whoever loses the Colts-Titans game is going to have seven wins. The Browns play the Jags. That's a win. The Dolphins play the Jets. That's a win. Both those teams would then have seven wins. That would be three teams with seven wins. If the Raiders were to lose this game, they'd only have six. So this is a huge game for the Raiders. Uh, Brady versus the Chiefs. You know, Brady was terrible. I talked about it on Tuesday. He, he just looked bad. He looked old. Uh, the, the, their offense looked t- bad. I mean, just like they don't even practice. He was, I've never seen Brady throw it to no man's land like he was doing the other night. And the Chiefs, you know, coming off a big win, but it was weird. It was like they won, but it felt like they lost because they look like they're, you know, they feel internally like they're way superior to the Raiders, as they should. I mean, they're the defending Super Bowl champs. But that was one of those wins where I think you can coach them up pretty hard during the week if you're Andy. But you're going to need the defense to play better because I would assume Brady's not going to have two back-to-back terrible games. One difference between last week for the Chiefs and then this week is like Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker are just better players than Leonard Fournette and Ronald, Ronald Jones. I guess I've been calling him Ronald Johnson. Someone DM me. You keep calling Ronald Jones Ronald Johnson. When I was with the Eagles, we had a wide receiver from SC named Ronald Johnson. I know who Ronald Jones is. I was actually a big fan of Ronald Jones. I kind of like that he's become a decent player. I know the clip of Leonard Fournette went viral this week. He's got terrible vision. I mean, he's just an average player. Can't catch. So I I think the Raiders, in a weird way, are a tougher matchup for the Chiefs in the running game. The passing game, you know, Derek's just playing better than Brady. I mean, Brady, what he was last week was... Again, I'm a huge Tom Brady guy. I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. And I don't just mean like, I just mean the eye test. He was skipping balls, overthrowing balls. It was just a complete disaster. It, w- it was an absolute disaster. Uh, so that's that game's big. Not Much bigger for the uh, Tampa Bay than Kansas City. That, that's for sure. Herbert against the Bills. Bills coming off a bye. Justin Herbert on pace to have the greatest rookie season of all time. Let me repeat. Justin Herbert is on pace to have the greatest rookie season of all time. Now, can the Bills, you know, the other thing, sometimes when you get West Coast quarterbacks going in the elements, I would imagine it's going to be freezing cold in Buffalo. Justin Herbert grew up in Eugene. It's cold. It rains there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I'm fascinated to watch this game. Two of my favorite young quarterbacks in the league. Again, Justin Herbert on pace to have the best rookie season of all time. It's pretty nuts. Bye-bye, Anthony Lynn. You had a good run. Three for the money, I, I I must apologize. My three picks last week were an embarrassment. I am currently on a very, very cold streak. I went over three last week. You, you could call me Joey Galloway Jr. Because I basically called uh I basically called Northwestern the fighting Reese Davises without saying it. And they won that game pretty easily. I mean, they kiss kick Wisconsin's ass. That that was a uh, a beatdown. The Patriots you just can't bet on the Patriots this year. My, my bad. And then what was the other game I took? But let's go this week. I don't even. I can't even find it on my sheet. But I'm 20 and 16 this week. The Titans. I'm going three games. My philosophy is when I get two good teams late in the season, November, December, I take the better playoff level team. Or excuse me. Let me rephrase that. I take whatever team is getting points because I don't think we know who the better team is. I mean, they played once and he beat them. But I think if this if these two teams played ten times, it'd be like five and five, maybe six and four. These are going to be really tight. I say the same thing about the NFC West, not really counting the Niners right now with Nick Mullins. 
But when the Cardinals, the Rams, and Seattle, if they're going to play each other, and I can get three-plus points in that game, I'm going to take the underdog. So I don't necessarily love the Titans in this spot, the games at Indy. I just like the team getting three-and-a-half points. I like the team getting three-and-a-half points. So I'm going to go with the Titans plus three-and-a-half. I don't even feel great about this pick. But I do think when you look at the Chiefs, they're 8-1. and one. They're going to cruise to like be 13-3. and three. The Bucks, a little desperation here. Coming off just a terrible game. I mean, Brady throws multiple picks. Even their defense kind of got smoked, especially the secondary. I'm going to take the Bucks plus 3.5. Again, don't love this just leaning with Brady Arians being completely desperate. The Raiders coming off a, a pretty big win in the sense of, like, that game was big for them. Not saying that this game isn't because the Bucks are better than the Raiders. They beat them 45-20. to 20, But just in a vacuum, like, that game mattered more to the Raiders than this one will. Or, excuse me, the Chiefs. Uh, so I, I'm just going with the desperate team. And then I'm going to go with the over 55 with the Raiders and the Falcons. Uh, the Raiders, the offense has been fantastic. The The Falcons, you know, can score points. Todd Gurley, sneaky, nine touchdowns this year. Julio's comes in and out of every game because he gets hurt, but Calvin Ridley's back. So I'm going to go Titans plus three and a half on the road at Indy. Raiders, Falcons, over 55. Bucks plus three and a half uh, against the Chiefs. Again, you got desperation. Tom Brady, desperation. Okay, like I said, I was going to do a big, big mailbag. At John Middlecoff is my my Instagram. The direct messages where the single people slide in and out of to communicate and also where people like me communicate with you guys. People show, and uh, we take the people's questions here. So just slide up into my DMs. I got a ton. I'm not going to be able to answer every single one. You hear a lot about people talking about how quarterbacks have to be mobile now. Could you explain exactly why that is? I mean, it's not because defenses are better, right? Why couldn't, like a peak Peyton Manning, pick apart defenses from the pocket in 2020? Would love to hear you explain. Here is my theory. As the offenses become more spread in college, less and less good offensive linemen come into the league. And you've seen the la- last year, actually, there were a lot of tackles drafted in the first round, but I-, I think there has never been worse guards and centers in the NFL. And even tackles are pretty hit or miss because what they do in college doesn't really translate to the NFL, even though the NFL has become more spready. But the defensive linemen have never been more freakish. Think how many Aaron Donalds, Khalil Max, Josh Allens, Miles Garretts, Bosa Brothers, these guys, the interior guys, you know, the Fletcher Cox types that are rushing from the middle of the field, there have never been Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, never been bigger freaks coming at the defensive linemen are still coming in at rapid rates. So my theory, again, I, I haven't really talked to many people in the NFL about this. A couple of buddies, I guess, but these guys can get by these average offensive linemen just because there's more good defensive linemen than there ever been. So if you don't have a good offensive line, let's face it, most teams don't, you have to be able to move. And when I say mobile, I don't mean Kyler Murray or even like Deshaun or Lamar. I just mean like Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, be able to move. Now, could Peyton Manning excel? Probably yes. Not probably. He would be great. But I do think Peyton was just an outlier in general. I think most quarterbacks... I just think like Jared Goff to me is the last true, you know, pocket quarterback 
who was drafted, you know, he went number one overall. I just don't think we're going to see many guys like that. I wouldn't want guys like that. And I think a big reason is because supply and demand. There are way more sweet defensive linemen coming in, way less sweet offensive linemen coming in. So there's just going to be a lot more pressure on the quarterback. Well, what's the way to avoid pressure? Not just get rid of the ball fast, but be able to run away. And that's my theory. Do you think the Colts would go after a guy like Trask in the draft? I think it would definitely be available and is a player who is definitely ripping up draft boards. Yeah, I mean, I think Kyle Trask is surely headed for the first round. I mean, he's having an unreal season. I think they'll go, well, the last time Dan Mullen had a quarterback that he put in the draft, his name was Dak Prescott. Now, we can argue all day long about Dak Prescott, but if we redo that draft, Dak Prescott's going in the top 10. So, if depending, Dan Mullen's coached a lot of really good quarterbacks. If he signs off on this guy, clearly he is because he's playing so well. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he'll be there. Assuming, let's say, the Colts win the division and win a couple, win a round in the playoffs, like, they'll have to trade up to get the guy. Uh, let's see. Random question for the pod. With all the talk of how important Derrick Henry has been for Tennessee the last two years, it has me wondering, who do you think has been the best back for them in the last 20 years or so? Derrick Henry, Eddie George, or CJ2K? Would love to hear your thoughts. I would say Henry or George, CJ2K would be third, even though he was really good. I would lean just Derrick Henry because, well, I guess Eddie got him to the Super Bowl. I'd have to do a deep dive on Eddie George and kind of watch. Just, that's a tough question. That's a, that's actually a really good question. Both Heisman Trophy winners, both huge backs, both carried their team in the playoffs. I'd say Steve McDare was definitely better than Ryan Tannehill. I, I, I might give the slight edge to Henry, but we'll see. That's, that's a damn good mailback question. Is Jeff Okuda a bust, or is Patricia just ruining him? He's been getting burned on a weekly basis. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I had friends in the NFL that thought that C.J. Henderson, the kid from Florida who went to the Jags, was a better prospect than Akuda. That thought Akuda was a little overrated. Now, full disclosure, I didn't, like, break down the film on Jeff Akuda, but when I watched him just on TV copy at Ohio State, he was pretty good. I have a hard time thinking, you know, especially if you're just playing man defense on the outside. Like, if you're getting burned, that's a little bit on you. Um, I, I'd be lying if I said I've, like, locked in on Jeff Akuda and the Lions. It always is concerning when a top five pick at corner is getting smoked. Now, the good news is you're going to have a new coach. So, I, I wouldn't, you can't be a bust after one year. That, that's impossible. So, that, that, that to me is the good news. <laughs> What will the Bears do next year at quarterback? If we win a couple more games this year, we'll be out of the race for any decent quarterback in this draft. Should we try to trade for a guy like Darnold? Would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Darnold would be in the mix. I would say if if Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut, Jimmy Garoppolo would be in the mix. Uh, you could always trade a one to move up and get a top quarterback in the draft. I'd say Foles won't be on the team. Trubisky won't be on the team. It's a good question. Uh, it's tough, man. I mean, it's just, how have the Bears for 40 plus years never had a quarterback? How is that possible? How did they not just get, I mean, they had Jay Cutler for a minute, but how have they not had like, you know, they had Eli Manning for 10 years or Phillip Rivers or just to, just to run into one of those guys. Even like an Andy Dalton for six years. They just, I feel free Bears fans. I would say Darnold possibility, Jimmy Garoppolo possibility. 
I'd say Jameis, probably not possible uh, in the draft. I've always thought Texas should be a bigger power than they've shown the last few years. Is Herman a goner? If so, doesn't it make sense that they target a known commodity versus previous attempts at the hot assistant like Strong and Herman? I'd love to see them target an Urban Meyer or a Brian Kelly. They have the money. What are they thinking? I don't know much about the politics there besides what I've read and talking to people that know the program. Clearly the boosters and just the power, you know, that control the football, it's just a complicated situation. So I think a lot of times, like Nick Saban, the the rumor was they offered him $100 million. I, I've heard that might not be true. But to me, and I heard one of the reasons, even if it was true, he wouldn't be that interested. At Alabama, he no one Nick Saban answers to Nick Saban. Urban Meyer at Ohio State answered to Urban Meyer. And same at Florida. Pete Carroll at USC answered to Pete Carroll. Nick Saban doesn't want to have to answer to 10 boosters. Like that's He's not into that game. I think part of the problem is they have all these people that have their hands and are pulling some like puppet strings in the program that make it complicated. So could they? do they have the money to get Urban Meyer or Brian Kelly? You bet your ass they do. Do either one of those guys want to go there? I, I don't know. I mean, Brian Kelly has unlimited power now at Notre Dame. He's the head coach, the GM. He, he's everything. Not sure how closely you follow Big Ten football. Just wanted to get your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh's future. He was hired to bring stability to the program and develop a perennial contender over time. But despite a talented roster that seems to struggle more and more as time goes on, from consistent 10-2 and two a few years ago to barely beating Rutgers this week, do you think it's time for Michigan to move on? And if so, would be a good replacement? Mike Leach? Well, I think Harbaugh and Mike Leach run two different type programs. So I, I don't think that makes much sense. I think the thing is, I would give Jim Harbaugh one, another year to see, like, I... I'm not giving Jim Harbaugh like the axe in a Corona year. Now, if next year, you know, they had that quarterback. I wasn't watching the game, but I know they brought in the backup quarterback who kind of sparked it. Maybe he can give them a little life. Uh, Part of Jim Harbaugh's problem, really since Kaepernick and then at Michigan, is like he can't find a quarterback, which is crazy. He's at Michigan. Look at all these programs that find a quarterback. Florida, Bama, Ohio State, USC. Hell, Washington State is finding NFL quarterbacks. Wisconsin, Iowa, all these teams have NFL quarterback. Jim Harbaugh can't do it. To me, if he could just get a good quarterback, they'd be fine. They'd have a chance to win big. But but he can't, but he, for whatever reason, he can't do it. I I, I think I, I would give Jim one more year. Big fan from uh, from over from Mexico. Do you think you can give a top ten rankings on your show? I argued last night that I would put Buffalo in the top four teams in the NFL. Thanks. Yeah, I mean I. I think they'd all be AFC teams. Right now, I'd probably go Kansas City, Pittsburgh. You could put one or two. I give Kansas City their defending champs, but Pitt's undefeated. Uh, Tennessee, Indy, Buffalo would be probably my top five. Then, I mean, Taysom Hill, the Saints, we still have a lot of unknown there on Taysom Hill. The Packers are clearly flawed. Seattle, probably the Rams might be the best team in the NFC. So that would be probably my group. It, but the first five teams, I, I, I'd put Buffalo at five, probably, at five. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save 
and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What do the Broncos need to see out of their evaluation of Drew Locke? Do you view this season as a one-year audition to be the man in Denver? He seems to have the physical talent, but is shown to be extremely careless with the football, which has not improved week to week. That's sometimes just young quarterbacks. Curious to hear your thoughts on what teams look for in determining if a guy is the quarterback of the future, or what makes them decide to move on. When we see guys in the same division ball out right away, Herbert and Mahomes, it leaves me some doubt that Locke would be anointed the franchise quarterback moving forward. Well, here's the reality. He's a second-year player, and he's a second-round pick. Mahomes, I mean, was the 10th pick in the draft, and Herbert was the 6th pick in the draft. Like, this guy did not go in the first round. Uh, I I think usually a second-round pick, you're going to give him a couple years. The GM's there. They invested in him. I I think Drew Locke, unless this year is an absolute debacle or he has some major injury, I think he's going to be the quarterback next year. Plus, how do you move on? Like if you win seven games, let's say, or let's say they win six, you draft a quarterback in the first round. I don't think you do. Uh, I I think you could argue the the Broncos are in like the worst spot you can be in football, kind of in no man's land. 
And I, I think right now they are kind of are in no man's land. So I, I just think you ride it out this year with Drew Locke. I think what you look for is improvement week to week. When, you, when you're in it with the team and the coach and John Elway, to me, what's he like Monday through Saturday? What are his study habits? What are his work habits? How's he at practice? How do the guys feed off him? Then obviously you're judging him. I mean, the games matter the most. But with a quarterback, there's a lot going on. Like, do you see him improving through the week? Do you see him not improving in the week? Is he a worker? Is he lazy? <clears throat> like, there are a lot of intangible stuff you look for when evaluating that. Because he does have the physical talent. Like you said, the turnovers. I, I, I do think with good coaching, you can get some of that out of there. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's complicated. I, I don't think there is just some scientific formula. that Just right or wrong, this guy's my quarterback. This guy's not my quarterback. Kind of just a no man's land. You mentioned that the Colts defense had a bad first half against Green Bay. The same thing happened against the Titans and the Bengals. Is that great halftime adjustment coaching? And what's that say about the initial game plan? Is your coming out slow? Rivers, is your quarterback sustainable? Go Colts. Yeah, I think sometimes in a big game, your team can be really amped up. Sometimes the offensive coordinator, which LaFleur had an incredible first half, can just, you know, like if you if you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and your offense is humming and you have a really good game plan, like you should be able to score 21 points on anyone. To me, the score, they had 28 points at half, but, you know, seven of them came on the deep bomb at the end of the first half where they got the pass interference of the ball at the one-yard line. So I just think they had a great game plan. And the Colts clearly, whatever, you know, just the the Packers did. And then I think your players settle down. You get a stop or two. You take a deep breath. You realize we're fucking good. And you just kind of get your mojo back. I, I think sometimes, they say this in basketball all the time, good offense beats good defense. And it's true. You could put the best defensive player ever on Kobe or Mike and he's getting a shot off. You could put the greatest perimeter defender ever on LeBron James. He's going to get to the basket in his peak. I think offense is a little like that, too. Like, you give me Tom Brady, Randy Moss. You give me Montana and Jerry Rice. Like, you give me Aaron Rodgers. I'd take the quarterback over a great defense. There's a reason the Chicago Bears of the mid-'80s didn't win four straight Super Bowls. Right? I mean, they won one, but they had the greatest defense of all time for, like, five straight years. They won one. The reason the Niners, who remember the Bears and the Giants, thought were like West Coast soft, won four of those bad boys. Offense wins <clears throat> if your defense is good too. So I, I just that's that is a good question. I, subtle adjustments for sure. Uh, I, I think sometimes one thing you see with the Rams, the Niners, the Packers, when that scheme and you you can uh, clearly practice against it throughout the week, but when the when the run game just kind of works and then you can get the play-action boot dump-offs, the linebackers are just kind of running with their head cut off. They don't know which way to go, left, right, biting on fakes, the play-action stuff. It just, it can really throw you off. Because I, I saw it with Kyle last year. I've seen it with McVay this year. seen it with the Packers this year. It's just really, really difficult, I think, to practice against if that's not your go-to offense, like the, the offense that your team runs. I have a question for the mailbag. What's up with the lack of appreciation for Tra- Chase Claypool in the national media? Some don't even think he is in the top 10 rookie-wide receivers. I don't know how that's possible. He has like 10 touchdowns. He has eight. He has eight receiving touchdowns and 10 total TDs in 10 games. Oh, yeah, he has 10 total touchdowns because he has a couple running. Yeah, I think... A huge way to get publicity with the media is to have previous momentum. 
And I think this year it's like, well, the rookie receivers that had momentum, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, uh, Brandon Ayuk, right? Th- those guys had a lot of momentum. Uh, C.D. Lamb had a ton of momentum coming into the season. And it's just easier to ride the momentum. It's harder when you come in with zero momentum. Even though he's a second-round pick, and he went to Notre Dame, but I, I don't think he had a bunch of hype. Instead, the Steelers, that just have never missed on a wide receiver in franchise history, just like, yeah, we'll take him, and he'll get us 15 touchdowns as a rookie. I, I can't really explain it. The Steelers, in a weird way, are flying under the radar at 10-0. and With Brady's horrible performance Monday versus the Rams and his problems on primetime this year, do the Bucs think they have a chance to win a playoff game? Do you think the Bucs have a chance to win a playoff game? I would say it's all going to be about matchups. And if you look at the NFC, the Bucs are probably going to be the five seed. I guess they could be the six seed. Do they play Seattle in the first round? Do they play, do they get the end of, are they the five seed and are they playing the Cowboys? Because if they play the Cowboys, they're going to win. Do they play the Rams? I, it, to me, it just all depends on matchup. Their defense is clearly good enough to win. And until he fails in a playoff game, I, you know, I think we'll all give Brady a, a puncher's chance no matter who they're playing. But they're probably not going to have a home game. Right? They're not going to win the division. So they're going to have to play on the road. So are they playing... Are they playing the Saints? You know, are they the seven seed and playing the Saints as a two seed because the Packers or Rams won it? I, I just got to know the matchup. Do I think they could win a playoff game? 100%. Do I think they could lose in the, in the first round? 100%. Stole my wife's Instagram. <laughs> that happens sometimes. I get people, you know, I don't have Instagram, but I'm using my wife's. What if I just like holler back at his wife? How many quarterbacks do you think are worth over $30 million? That was a joke. I, w- I would never do that to a listener. What team other in them I'm taking? What team other than Dallas would be foolish enough to pay Dak considering he isn't good enough to elevate any receivers or an offensive line? Quarterbacks that I, without hesitation, I say are worth over $30 million. Mahomes, Rodgers, Russell. I'd stop there. Roethlisberger on a year-to-year basis, yes. I, I, would, I would pay Roethlisberger year-to-year $30 million because it's clear when they have Roethlisberger, they kick ass. You know, Josh Allen, I got to see more. Deshaun Watson, you know, I, you know, he to me, he's more like 25. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, Derek Carr's having a good moment this year, but as people have texted me in the league, like, he's doing it without fans, you know? I mean, he's he's really excelling without fans. So, I, and I think Derek's a good, I think Derek can be a top 10 quarterback, but I, I love Derek making 20 million. I don't know if I love him making 30. Now, if he's going to play like this, I don't mind it. Uh, it's a select few, man. It's it's really a select few. It's like the NBA. I got no problem giving LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant a max contract. I don't like giving Kyrie Irving a max contract. I I just don't. I loved giving Clay one, but now he's hurt again. I, I don't like giving. You know, I to me the max contract, the elite money should go to the absolute elite player. If you don't pay, if you pay an elite player elite money, you'll never go wrong. If you play an above average player elite money. Like, that's kind of Kirk Cousins. Like, do I like paying Kirk Cousins $30 million a year? Hell no. Would I mind paying Kirk Cousins $20 million a year? Get me a couple extra players? Wouldn't mind it. That that extra $7-8 million in a salary cap league that's hard capped makes a huge difference. Okay, we'll end it there. Keep this short because I know you guys are probably busy with family. Glad. Uh, hope everyone had a good turkey day. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, the football games. Hopefully you enjoyed the games this weekend. Big Big weekend for Steve Sarkeesian. 
and Alabama, the rivalry game with Nick Saban having Corona. So very, very excited. Thanks everyone for listening or uh, for listening for sure, for shooting me these questions. Uh, And you just have a good holiday. Adios. Peace. Godspeed. See ya. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.